Welcome to another episode of Engagement Zone, brought to you by the Employee Engagement Awards and and Alliance. In the news this week, um, the Brexit soap opera, farce, Shakespearean tragedy, um, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it, has taken another twist today with Prime Minister Johnson proroguing uh, Parliament. Uh, it's like an unfunny Groundhog Day now, uh, without the cute Groundhog Punxsutawney Phil. Um, but let's get straight on to my guest uh, today. Uh, an authority in engagement, uh, an HR practitioner with many years' experience, a published best-selling author of Rebel Playbook, one of our top 101 employee engagement influencers, and um, has spoken at, at one of our conferences in the past in Chicago too, probably the, one of the, the least important things on that list. But uh, please welcome to our podcast, Deborah Corey. Hello, Deborah. Hi there. Thanks for having me today. Good, good. How are you? What, how's your summer going? Have you been up to much? It's been really, really good. I'm, um, I'm head down working on my next book. So I'm Ooh. very, very busy um, just reaching out to lots of people. My approach to writing is a combination of theory and tips and stories. So I've been having a blast interviewing companies to um, include all their lovely stories in my next book. Um, well, we're going to go. We're going to talk about your current book. But are you able to give anything away about the new book, or is it top secret? No, no, not not top secret at all. Um, so my last book, what we're going to be talking about today, um, is based off of an engagement model called the engagement bridge. And there's 10 elements of the bridge. So my goal, whether or not I do it in my lifetime or not, is to uh, to write a book based off of each of the 10 elements. So um, this particular book is on the element of values. Uh, and the main reason I'm writing it is that when I've toured the world, speaking to people and doing workshops, there's always tons of questions on values. And I thought that would be one that could immediately help people and make a difference. Fantastic. Well, I'm, 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 I know I'm already interested in that. I actually got a, a thinking about writing a book myself at some stage. Uh, probably not, not in the, in the, just in the near future, anyway. All right, everybody heard that. You've just said it, so now you can do that. Okay. <laughs> But one, one of our judges um, I was speaking with in the UK uh, gave us, I won't, I won't name names just in case, but uh, gave a tip around, he he got a tip from somebody writing a book years ago saying, start drafting blogs that mean something to you. And actually over time, those blogs start to form chapters or the, or the, or the nugget, the, the embryo of a chapter anyway. So I've started writing some blogs, unpublished blogs as well. But um, yeah, so it's, uh, there might be a book coming at some stage, but... <laughs> Nothing to rather your own, but one on value is fantastic. So let's get back to the current book um, and the Rebel Playbook. You know, where did, where did the idea come from? You know, you mentioned the Engagement Bridge, but but why why Rebels? Well, I can't I can't take credit for the idea of the book. So the book was the brainchild of my lovely co-author Glenn Elliott, who is the um, founder and former CEO of a, a company called Reward Gateway, and um, it was his brainchild because he was touring and speaking about employee engagement and came up with this model of the engagement bridge and the whole idea of being a rebel. And he brought me on board, which has been fantastic because I've been doing HR for so long, you wouldn't think of me as a rebel. So um, I'm a few steps behind Glenn when it comes to the, uh, being a rebel, but I'm, I'm catching up quickly. I'm doing my best to, to, to be a rebel. And I, I, the great thing about it is when I talk about it is if someone like me who's been doing traditional HR for so long 
can really, you know, jump on the bandwagon of being a rebel. I truly believe that anybody can do it. And it's so important. Absolutely. And uh, at the time uh, when I was, when I actually was one of the luckiest, lucky ones to get one of the books before it was published from, from yourself and Glenn, um, uh, I met with uh, somebody in at Harvard called Francesca Gino. Uh, oh, she's fantastic. I love her book. Absolutely fantastic. And obviously called Rebel Talent. And, um, you know, at the very uh, simplest form, a rebel is somebody that asks questions, you know, why? And I, I just think that's fantastic. So what usually has a really negative connotation, being a rebel, I think there's a really positive uh, positive uh, connotations, actually, you know, challenging why we do things and, and how we can improve them and, and having that curiosity. And I think most, if, if we have people within our businesses who have that curiosity and want to improve processes, then they're technically rebels, which is awesome. So we want we want businesses full of rebels, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's funny. It's interesting because um, when we were coming up with the book title, Glenn and I went out to a lot of people and we tried the word rebel out because we were afraid that it might turn people off. And the feedback that we got from people was actually, you know what? It, we, it, it actually will help people. And we're not alone. You're right. There's Francesca. There's tons of people out there talking about disruption. So, you know, the more the merrier, because you're right. We do need to shake things up a little bit. We need to start challenging the status quo. Um, when I end my talks, I always um, end with three tips about being a rebel. And one of them is exactly what you said. You know, go back to how you were as a child. Why? You know, why is the sky blue? Why do you do this? And I do that myself as an HR person. I'm, I, you know, I've been doing things for such a long time. And I challenge, I was helping somebody with total reward statements. And I started um, saying, well, I'm not sure if we need to do this. And then I started to giggle because I've been doing that for 20 years. But you know, as long as you're, you're questioning, I think it's the right thing to do. So so back to the book. Um, uh- obviously full of plays from different businesses all over the world and really, really uh, practical, uh, you know, support to anybody trying to improve the workplace. And I was wondering whether you might be able to give us a few, ex- without giving everything away, giving us a few examples of the plays that are within the book. Uh, definitely. And also um, the, the, all of the plays are actually on the book's website. So whether you get the book or not, they're all on the website, which is rebelplaybook.com. Rebelplaybook.com. Yes, definitely. And um, it's really hard because we've got 60 plays in the book, which is a a, a fantastic number. What we tried to do is there's 10 elements of the bridge. We tried to have, you know, a handful of plays for each of the elements of the bridge. And the, the problem I have is they're all my favorites, like my children and my dogs. But, um, you know, a couple of them that, that really, um, when I do talks, people really, really appreciate it. And there's some of the ones where it's just sort of common sense and it's unique. I'll give you a perfect example. A, a UK company called BrewDog, fantastic company. They make beer and um, they were looking at their benefits and they wanted to create a benefit that was unique to their people and unique to their business. And they came up with, instead of paternity leave, they came up with paternity leave, get it? P-A-W, which is, um, the company was founded by two men and a dog. So they love their dogs. And um, when you get a new puppy or a rescue dog, you get a week off. And I think it's just one of those, one of those plays that you read it and you think, wow, it doesn't have to be that difficult. It, it doesn't have to be that complex. And the types of thing, the ones that people, you know, really, really uh, resonate with. Um, 
ones that are a bit more um, a bit more work, a bit more challenging, a bit more impact are things like Gap, where I used to work, funnily enough. And they were one of the first companies to really challenge the status quo and performance management and have more of this always-on approach to performance management. And it's really exciting because I'm reading more and more about companies who are taking this bold step. So again, things like this can really, really drive engagement. And especially something like this can really drive the performance of, of the company. So what, what specifically were they doing at Gap? So they had a traditional performance management process. I remember it well. I used to run the process. So, you know, once a year we would have our annual review process and we would do our annual performance appraisals. And um, what they found, no surprise, is it was very demotivating for employees. It was very disengaging. Uh, the managers didn't really feel that it was adding value. So they just shook the whole thing up and they created more of this um, always on. It's um, it's called GPS. Okay. Uh, which funnily enough, GPS is what their, their name is on the uh, stock market return as well. And um, it's grow, perform, succeed. And it's been so successful that um, I was told that Harvard uses it for their um, their students. They use it as a case study, as a way to, to learn about how to do things differently in the business world. Wow. I uh, I remember when, when I was employed in Sydney a long time ago, um, just having the annual performance review. And I, I was happy there working hard. And I remember just walking out of it and my colleagues saying, so did you get a pay rise? And I said, you know what? I didn't even ask the question. Um, and <laughs> you were so numb by the end of the meeting. <laughs> Well, it wasn't really, you know, it wasn't really going anywhere and, and there wasn't any structure to it. And I, I, I asked my boss, could I quickly take him back into the boardroom? He's, I asked him if I was going to get a pay rise. No. Okay, cool. <laughs> Walked back out again. But then I actually felt, like you say, quite demotivated. I'm like, oh, well, I'm pretty happy. And that was a pretty easy no. And <laughs> so, yeah, um, bad performance re- reviews, definitely, uh, uh, definitely a negative. Um, Sorry, I was just going to say the nice thing about it also is that companies are starting to look at the um, the psychological side of it also. Yeah. So looking at how demotivating it is, focusing so much on the on the backward looking and the negative. So what's great about HR is that we're embracing the sciences, we're embracing business, and we're really just you know opening up the possibilities, which is a lot of what being a rebel is. Um, is there not a, a plain old book uh, around an Australian company that talks around their values as well? And they were quite plain spoken. Um, I knew you were going to make me say this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one is great. This is um, this is one of the favourites when I when I do talks, and it is a it is a company in Australia. And the situation was is that they were combining two businesses, and instead of just taking one set of values over over the other set of values. They, they worked together and they came up with a, a new set of values. And they're really unique. They're very quirky. They're very Australian. Um, things like they've got four values. Uh, clever company, no Muppets. Never heard that value before, which says basically we don't hire Muppets. So let's actually treat our employees like clever employees and let's treat them like adults. Uh, have a crack, which is all about innovation, but they, they set it in their own unique way. Um, don't screw the customer, which again, a unique way of talking about focusing on the customer. Um, the, the last one, I, I don't know if I can, I won't say the entire word, word, uh, don't be a head. Um, and it, 
as I as I spoke around the world, it was very interesting because people have taught me this word in different languages. Um, what was great about this this value is um, less about the word and more about that it's become a part of the business yeah. and it gives people permission if you're sitting in a meeting and someone is acting that way, it gives people the permission to be able to call someone out. And to me, that's what I find really really exciting about values that are are, are meaningful. At my previous company, when I was at Reward Gateway, one of the values is speak up. And it's another great one because you'll you'll be in a situation and someone who might not have the confidence or they they might be a little bit resident will use it as a verb in a conversation. And they'll say, you know, I just have to speak up because yeah. it's a value and it gives them the permission and it really helps drive conversations. Well, no, I, I'm, gl- I'm glad you shared that, though, because I think it's a good example of uh, a fantastic values, but also just sometimes be plain spoken and, and, and not to overcomplicate things that don't need, necessarily need to be overcomplicated. Um, you know, would, would there be any uh, any advice you'd offer uh, budding rebels or uh, rebels waiting to, to go out there, go back into their workplace um, to, to change change how things are done? Um, yeah, I think I think the starting point is exactly what we said at the beginning, which is just to don't just automatically keep doing things the way you do them year on year. Is to really take a step back and think about what are you really trying to to do. What can you do to drive engagement versus disengagement? Um, what can you do to live your values and, and drive the business? And I think by having that mindset shift, it'll make a huge difference. And I think the other thing that, that I talk a lot about is, is just being brave and reminding ourselves why we're doing it. Because I've been in corporate long enough to know that people are going to push back and challenge us yeah. when you want to be rebellious. But you just need to remember what that goal is and why you're doing it. You know, there's lots of studies out there on engagement and how it can drive productivity. It can drive performance. It can drive sales. It can reduce turnover. You know, the list goes on and on and on. So if you ever start feeling like, I don't know if I can handle this any longer, everyone's making it so difficult for me, just remember why you're doing it. And it'll give you a boost of confidence. Um, great, great advice. So if, you know, if people wanted to make contact with you, Deborah, um, what's, what's the best way of going about doing that? Um, because obviously you've got a wealth of experience and expertise. Um, just wanted to know if, if, if where people should look. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. You can certainly find me on, on LinkedIn. I'm more than happy to, you know, bounce ideas with anyone. I've just, I've just gone off on my own so that I can focus more on, on writing books Partly because I love writing books, I'm very nosy. I like hearing what everybody does, and then sharing it. But my um my job title is Chief Pay It Forward Officer, <laughs> which um basically just oh, I, know. I, I know I love it. It's a bit unique, but um it's just I I really want to be able to help people from what I've done right and wrong over the years, and and learn through helping other people. So by all means, connect with me in LinkedIn and. If you want to read any more of these plays, again, they're on the website. The other great thing about the website is um, we, we did fab um, interviews with a bunch of people, so video interviews with people. Unfortunately, people will then see how short I am, but that's okay. Uh, but I had a great time interviewing people. Like the ones that I've just spoken about, a couple of them, there's video interviews with them. There's, there's an interview with Josh Burson. It was fantastic. I think there's probably about 40, 40 video interviews. And again, they're all free. Wow. Wow. Um, and also, would you still be looking for uh, inspiring values stories for what you're currently writing? 
do you know, I'm always looking for any story. So I, I still have a little bit more time on value. So I'm looking, I'm actually looking for a company to replace the one I shared with you since that was in my last book. Yeah. Those amazing values. I still haven't had anybody who has anything that cutting edge. Okay. So reach, contact me if you do. Yeah, well, let's let's rise to that challenge, people. Uh, let's let's get 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 into the Deborah's new book. Um, so, and anything else you're doing up to anything else this summer? Have you been on holiday or are you going away anywhere? Been away? I was a rebel, and I went on a cycling holiday with my um, my teenage son and my husband. Oh wow, where's that? That was a blast. We went cycling in Mallorca, which was a, a, wow. a great place to be. Yeah, what, what the the north side where all the mountains are and where the pro cyclists go. Or yes, and I actually I posted a blog while on holiday about being a rebel because we uh we got off the main roads and we cycled on all the little side roads. We thought forget these main roads, we're going to get out there. Well, that's 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 hardcore. I've driven I've driven around those mountains and driving around them was uh, hairy enough, let alone trying to cycle up them. So. Um, yeah, I, I doff my cap to you. That's fantastic. Um, so, look, well, thank you so much um, for for being on our podcast. It was fantastic to see you speak in uh, Chicago. I'm hoping that you'll you'll uh, speak on one of our stages around the world again in, in the near future. Um, please do go look up Deborah if you do have some amazing values and you want to share that story with her and maybe even make her new book. Please contact her. And um, for, for now, thank you so much for for being on this podcast. Great. Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, we, our UK European entry deadline is coming up on October the 9th. Um, we've got a small event in New York at the end of this year, and we'll be opening for entries at that event for 2020 in North America too. But, but for now, thanks again for listening, and we'll be back soon with another, another episode of Engagement Zone. Thanks. Take care.